Indiana Runner Podcast, Season 5, Episode 39. Taylor Marshall and I preview the girls' state finals. Let's hit it. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. Do you want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. All right. Colin Altavo, Taylor Marshall. We just finished the boys. We'll probably put a maybe a one-day, 24-hour buffer between uh, publishing these. We're going to go with the girls' state preview. Let's go event by event, and then we'll get into the team race, track and field. We're starting with the field. You ready? Let's do this. Discus, Hadley Lucas from Bloomington North, best toss of the season, 163 feet and one inch. And Taylor, she did that at the regional round. That is seven feet clear of her nearest competitor, a fellow junior, Emma Yoder of Wawasee, who threw 156 feet and one inch. Hadley Lucas won this event last year at the state meet. Are you ready to lock it in? Lock it up. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm pretty close. Really? Wow. Not quite there yet. It's the discus, man. It's weird. Although, if anybody knows how to handle the discus ring in Bloomington, it would probably be a student at Bloomington North. Yeah, and a and a former state, you know, defending state champion here. I I'll lock her down. Okay, I think I think lock it in. I well, you're you are a well known you're well known fan of Bloomington North. I love the Cougars. I'm a big Cougar guy. I love Cougars, and I think that Hadley Lucas will get it done. Like she is, it's been her event all year long. I think she'll win. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going out on a limb here and saying you know somebody else is going to win, but I'm not willing to lock it in. If if she weren't to win, if someone were to beat her, Hannah Alexander of Noblesville or okay. Shelby Wingler. Okay. All right. Fair but enough. But I, I think Lucas will win. I think yeah. she'll win. Shot put. You ready? Yes. Hadley Lucas. She's really? got the best toss of the season. 50 feet even. I heard Say what Cooper. you will about Hadley Lucas. She's good with even numbers here. Very round numbers. 50 feet. Yeah. And it happened at the regional last week, which was on her home track. Mm, Nice. She's good at taking heavy objects and throwing them very far. Very far. It's going to serve her well this week. It it will. That's why she's going to win the discus and the shot put. I heart cougars. Are you going to, are you going to lock this one in? Uh, I am going to, oh boy, this one feels, this is not as strong as a lock. I'm going to be honest. I, I, Wingler could get her here. Jax can get her, but also don't sleep on the addicts, junior Lariah wooden, um, because she is also thrown pretty well here in the central Indiana area all season long. But I, I do feel really good about Hadley Lucas, um, and her team needs it. And they are a sort of fringe contender. And so, mm-hmm. Um, I, again, I heart Cougars. I'm, I'm not gonna, not gonna say otherwise. So you, you and I are both, we're both track guys, but you've been a head track coach. You were the head track coach of the state championship team. I am into track and field overall, but we're also both distance coaches and I have done exclusively distance running the entirety of the time that I've been a a track coach. Yeah. And in distance running, it is all about competition. Yeah. And the best times come from the state meet and the regional meet 
and so on and so forth. You know, the four by, we don't, we see it at HSR and then there's a long hibernation period. And then we start to see it really at the regional and, and the state meet. You and I both know this. Not everybody knows that. You and I both do. But I think this is odd. And, and maybe it's not. Maybe there's more periodization of training in other event groups than I am privy to. Um, that a lot of the best performances have come in the regional round for the shot put. Well, as an example, it's difficult to throw when it's cold out, right? That changes things, both from the explosive technique that's needed, but also I think just probably handling the implement makes it difficult. So as the weather warms, it makes sense that you have better throws because you know that that helps and there's this competition level and rising to it in terms of periodization i don't necessarily know the ins and outs of that i'll be honest with the throws but um well and I, when you were the head track coach you had you know potentially the best throws coach in the state yes and he I just on your got, out of, got out of his way and he just continues to deliver so james bell is fantastic so um yeah so he would be a great question that'd be a great question for him or someone like him um but you know i i think going back to the original point i think hadley lucas will probably win both uh but the discus feels like a better lock for her than the shot uh but it you know worst case she's maybe second or third it's talking about two three points at at, at most here for a team that's a french contender and that was actually, I think I was looking at slightly the wrong list. Most of the best throws have come in the sectional and the regional. Uh, Hadley Lucas threw 50 feet even in the regional, but she did throw 50 feet 11 inches at a Bloomington North twilight meet, which was only just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, there you go. Let's get into more field events. How about, Taylor, how about the most inconsistent event in track and field? How about the event that makes us pull our hair out or what's left of it <laughs> after looking at the boys' mock state meet. Yeah. How about the long jump? Yeah. Top seed, Layla Smith of Warren Central, 19 feet, one and a quarter of an inch. Second seed, Alexia Smith of Evansville Bossy, 18 feet, 11 and a half of an inch. And Alexia did win this event last year at the state meet. Uh, Kaya Crook from Heritage Christian, Maybe the best all-around athlete in the state, 19 wow. feet, two inches, and that was at the sectional round for Kaya. Now, she leapt, leaped uh, not as far of a distance, 18 feet, one inch at the regional round. Um, Jyla Vaden from Warren Central, 18 feet, 10 and half of an inch. I mean, this has... This has everything you could want. Yeah. This has a team contender that could go one, two. Uh, I don't, I don't think they're going to get nothing. I, I would normally say about the long jump, like throw your hands in the air, not in a celebratory fashion, but, but more of like frustrating, like, I don't know what's going to happen. And I like to know what's going to happen. Um, yeah. I don't think Warren's getting nothing in this though. It would be really hard to have two of the top three seeds and walk away with nothing um they are seated if right there's one event that could happen and though it, it, it would be the long jump right yeah it would be and they are seated 
for 17, which we'll get to here in a bit, but team implications right there. Like you said, the best overall athlete, we'll see how she delivers. It's one in which you just need a fantastic jump, right? You just need one good one. And then you don't even have to go beyond that. The The best jumpers, the first flight is the best jumpers. So you kind of have an idea of where you stand before and where a few of these girls like uh, Crook as an example, or maybe Paige Kurtz, uh, two who have a busy day, they can walk away. And uh, if they pop off their first one or even their second one, they can just be done and uh, go focus on some other events. So um, I, I'm really excited about the long jump and it's a very fan friendly event that takes place within just a couple uh, feet, a foot or two, right from the stand. So um, it'll be fun to see. What I in you and I are going to be in the booth here for the IHSAA, the IHSA network. You can buy that. I would, I would, um, I would encourage people to buy it, even if you're going to be there because it's there forever and you can, you can go back. And so, for instance, I've bought the last two boys state meets and uh, I haven't actually gone through and watched them ever. I know this feels kind of self indulgent, uh, but I've got them in case I do need them. Yeah. Um, or want to go back and watch. Now, if you're a parent, you may be in a different situation than if you're a coach. If you're a coach, it feels kind of like playing your own greatest hits. I don't know that you want to sit in your living room and and do that all that often. But if you're a parent of a kid that does well at the state meet, you probably want to go back and watch that on on occasion. Um, I I think that what's interesting about the long jump is that it. All the field, a lot of field events start at three o'clock, long jump, three o'clock, discus, three o'clock, high jump, three o'clock, pole vault, three o'clock. But the long jump, unlike the discus or the high jump or the pole vault, they start with the best kids first. Yeah. So we've got a pretty good idea of how that's shaping up by 3.30, 3.45, you know, before the best girls or or boys, but we're talking about the girls meet here, have even gotten a hold of an implement and started warming up. Right. Or, you know, the pole vault, they're going to be they're going to be passing until five thirty, six o'clock. Yeah. So, so this meet it, could really shape up with Warren. You know, we've talked about this on previous podcasts. If Layla Smith and Jyla Vaden both get a hold of one over 19 feet, like what's up? Yeah. Well, that, that could happen at three oh eight. And you're looking at 18 points potentially right there to start off. And they may not have a four by eight or other field events, uh, but they will get off to a huge start. And then they've got a lot of firepower on the track itself once the you know prelims are underway and they get their girls through. So uh, the Warriors are a team that could really benefit from, you know, oh, OK, kind of that that exhale. Right. Hey, we're in it. We need maybe a little bit of help. We're not the top seed overall. But if our two uh, studs go out there and they perform in the long jump, everybody else, go, okay, maybe we're, we got this day. This this could be our day. And we we just got done talking about the boys' team race. The girls' team race is, is kind of similar, although I think there's maybe three girls' contenders where there were two boys' contenders, two main boys' contenders, that is. And yeah. on the girls' side – you know, between those two teams, they're in vastly different events. They're almost never, with the exception of maybe a couple of sprint relays, they're almost never going to be heads up in those events. Whereas the boys, those teams were kind of in a lot of similar events or at least some yeah. similar events. 
and I think the long jump is a good is a good um, example of that. Although you know Warren being one of the contenders, Carmel being another one, Carmel does have a girl in the long jump, and no, you know this is how I would phrase it if I were coaching the Carmel girls, which I don't. Um, I coach the boys, but like, hey, no pressure. Like we're winning this mock meet and you're not scoring anything. So whatever you give us could help, could help us out. Extra credit, baby. Yeah. Which she didn't need in my class because she did so well. No uh, like Paul Vault, Kylie Swart of Cathedral, 13 feet, two and a quarter of an inch at the uh, regional round. She's cleared 13 feet, six and three quarters of an inch as her best clearance this year. She's a full foot ahead of the field. Are you ready? You, are you, you want to do it? You want to lock it in? Click. Click. Uh, I think the interesting part about the pole vault is the second best clearance this year is Delaney Teachner from Noblesville. Uh, she only had the, well, she's tied for the third best clearance at the regional round. If she were to finish second, that would go a long way for the Millers. But the, yeah. the vault, like we talked about, the vault is, it's a long event, man. Yeah. It it takes it takes a while, yeah. It takes a while, so that's that's not going to shape up until much much later in the meet. Brownsburg's got a vaulter in there as well. Brownsburg, we'll talk after the break about um, what they've got, but Brownsburg could could maybe get into it. I don't I don't know that they're necessarily going to win the meet, but maybe they could get in to second place if if one of the top two teams or two of the top three teams trip up. Yep. High jump, Melina Miller cleared 510 at the regional round. That is tied for the best uh, clearance this year. Kaya Crook of Heritage Christian, she was second in this event last year at the state meet. Uh, she has also cleared 510. She went 58 at the regional round. Josie Page of Wood Memorial, uh, I think that's in, is that in Evansville maybe? That's in, that's in the south, uh, has cleared 58 also which she's done on, on a few occasions this year. You yeah. got a favorite there. I mean, I, I think the favorite maybe is, is crook, but yeah. crook has got a full day. Whereas Miller can kind of zone in so, on one event. Yeah. That's, that's the part that I was sort of thinking of as you went through this. Right. I mean, so high jump and long jump are going to start at the same time. You know, uh, how does crook sort of, she's not going to come in at opening height more than likely. So she'll probably pass a little bit and start a long jump, but She's got some prelims to think about too. So she So she's in the hundred, right? That has a prelim. And then she's in the 300 hurdles, which does not. Right. So, so let's let's think through the logistics of this. She's got three great opportunities in the long jump. And she's one of the better jumpers. So she's in the first flight of the long jump. So she's got three good cracks at it before she has to come in in the high jump, right? Yep. So you're kind of hoping you get a hold of one of those because they carry over from the yep. prelims to the finals. Um, and then she can kind of move on. I don't even know entirely how it works in the high jump. I mean, is she even going to start taking attempts before the hundred? She probably will before the hundred prelims, right? Uh, probably because you get through the eventually looking at like five by eight. Yeah. yeah. So you, she will, 
the question is, so you go check in a high jump and you say, Hey, I got this thing. I'll, I'll be right back. And you go there and you do really well in the long jump, hopefully for her sake. And then, you know, you decide, you know, at what point do I need to get in on the high jump? Uh, like is she hundred prelims, hopefully she can make her way through, uh, it, it is interesting. It's an interesting um, dynamic to try to be at all of these places. Uh, but yeah, if she really pops one off her first or second jump, then she can walk away, monitor that, have a coach who's paying attention. Do I really need to come back and jump the finals? Am I good with where we're at? Um, can I just focus on high jump? Um, it, yeah, it'll be, and then she should have all, obviously all of that will be wrapped up by the time 300 hurdles comes around. Although not, it doesn't always happen, but it's more than likely. Um, I do like crook to win. I think Miller could challenge her, but I think it's Kaya crooks event this year. There's just, she is such an incredible athlete. Yeah. I mean, to, to qualify for the state meet in four events is I don't know if it's unprecedented. I know I know there was a boy one time around the time I was in high school, maybe a little earlier that did it for Northrop. I don't know that it's happened in for the girls. And I think did she win all four of her events at the regional? Do you remember? Do you remember seeing the Cindy Star? Um, I I can't recall, but I would guess that she did just based on her events and how strong she is over overall here. But I, I just have to wonder, despite how amazing of an athlete she is, that there's just a cumulative effect of all of that. And I think sometimes we we're all guilty of looking at it and kind of thinking, aggregating all this together and being like, she's good at the high jump. She's good at the long jump. And like, but all at once and it might be 90 degrees and and she's got no break it's not like oh she's gonna run the four bite and then she's gonna come back in the open 800 or the open 400 right i mean it's yeah. all gonna happen like it's gonna be three hours worth of stuff and a long jump approach takes a lot out of you it really does i mean it's like running it's close to running an open hundred because it's a long approach second. that ends with a a leap at the end of it yeah but maybe she gets a hold of a 19-6 right off the bat and can kind of just pass for a little bit. Yeah. Crook may have been second in the 100. Greenfield Central, Savannah Lake was... That's a different regional. Her. It's a different regional. They don't go through yeah. the Mount regional. Okay. Yeah. Heritage uh, Christian goes to the northern Indianapolis one. Greenfield goes to the kind of... Center Grove Warren. Eastern, kind of. yeah. Eastern, yeah. southeastern, yeah. Okay, so they're not with Mount Vernon. So then, yeah, so she won that one too then. And uh, yeah, so then... She, that sounds like all four. I think she did one all four. All right. Uh, let's fly through these open events. And again, we can really fly through the distance, although that is also what we really like to talk about. So because um, we're going to have a distance specific podcast later. Uh, Princess Campbell, 1189 at the Lafayette Jeff Regional. That's the best performance of the year. And it's also the uh, number one time, obviously, coming in. And then just just hear me out here. 1201, 1201, 1203, 1203, 1205, 1205. That's two through seven, I believe, from regional performances. Three girls have broken uh, 12 seconds this year. Do you have a favorite? I mean, is Campbell is Campbell the favorite? She she did beat her closest competitor by 12 hundredths of a second, uh, which is not nothing in the hundred at the Lafayette Jeff Regional, uh, which was the second best one. 
second yeah. best performance Cam here. Campbell's a favorite. Sub 12, first girl of the season to do it. And comfortable lead over Emily Norris, who's the number two seed, who, like you said, she did beat the regional. Uh, I think she's the favorite. Not, all, I would, not a lock, not a lock, but the favorite. Speaking of Emily Norris, she is the number one seed in the 200. Her 24.78 is the best time this season uh, by eight hundredths of a second. It is the best time in the regional round by three-tenths of a second. Uh, Norris, 24.78, then Izzy Neal of Brownsburg, 25.08, and then they're, it's it's close, but certainly not as close as the hundred, which would obviously make sense because it's twice the distance. Um, Norris has to be the favorite, right? I mean, she's got the best time and she had the best time last week. Yeah. She's the favorite. Uh, again, not a lock, but best time. Uh, but I, I think she's gonna have a very busy day. So we'll see where she's at by the 200. But I think that she is the favorite right now. I, yeah, I like the way you brought that up too. And again, we can acknowledge that we both work for Carmel Clay schools. We both teach at Carmel high school. So um, there are certain biases into that, that we're just not going to get into um, that we did on the boys. So listen to the boys podcast. If you haven't yet, I there's, there's a cumulative effect for when the 200, which is at the, the prelims are at the beginning of the meet, but the final is at the end of the meet. And so Norris or uh, say the number two time this year in the state is Alexia Smith of Evansville Bossy. You know, Norris is going to be in the 100 prelims. She'll hopefully for her sake and her team's sake um, will be in the 100 finals. She'll be in the 200 prelims. She'll be in the 200 finals. She'll be on the four by one. And at the end of the meet, she'll have the four by four. That's a lot. Six Alexia races. Smith is in the 100, the 200, and the 400, and she's in the long jump. So, you know, the cumulative effect of a lot of that, that if you had an athlete, I don't, I don't know if there are any, I didn't comb through it enough to see, that is just in the 200, that may be to the advantage of, of that athlete that's concentrating or focusing on, on one event. Mm -hmm. 400, Caitlin Henselmeyer, 56-10 at the regional round. 55-46 is her best performance for this season. Definitely the favorite. Would you give her a 50% or better chance to win this event? I would put her right at 50%. Okay. And then so I you're, would you're not willing to lock it in. No, I'm not willing to lock it in because uh it seems like the field has caught up a little bit the past uh two weeks or so. She's still the favorite, obviously, but I would split that uh, remaining 50% uh, between Zionsville, Carmel, and West Lafayette. I think in, in some, in some not necessarily evenly, I, you know, you, you already kind of mentioned a little bit of bias by, uh, you know, Carmel here, but I, I think uh, Zionsville's athlete and uh, sub, Olivia Sebelo and then uh, uh, West Lafayette's uh athlete and, and Jocelyn Jundas. I think, I think those girls could really push Henselmeyer here in the 400 and make it interesting. So Carmel with two in the fast heat here, Carmel potentially uh, one of the main contenders along with Noblesville, but especially Warren central 
you know, Warren scores really high in the long jump, maybe Carmel looking to kind of negate that uh, advantage of those points here in the open 400 um, and Sebelo has run much better over the last two or three weeks, we'd say. Yes. And that may not be the case with, with both athletes, but, but certainly running better um, with, with Sebelo and Sebelo was second last year to Ramaya Elliott. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I think, she, you know, it, it would be, it would be crazy not to consider her a contender. Hensel Meyer's just been so solid all year. I, I think Hensel Meyer's going to win, but I'm I'm not willing to declare it a lock if you're not. Yeah, then we're on the same page. Yeah. We will not click that one in. 800, Gretchen Farley, 205.88 in the regional round. Uh, number one seed, number one performance all season. Nikki Sutherland of Delta, 206.12. So they're within a quarter of a second of each other here. Now, this is going to happen after the 1600. Sutherland will be in the 1600. She's a heavy favorite in that event. And uh, Farley will not be. How do you handicap this one? I think I will lock Farley in. Really? Yeah. I'm going to go on a limb here a little bit. Sutherland is going to have to run maybe not all out, but pretty hard in the 1600. I don't think she's going to have to run that hard. You you think that there's okay. been a weird we'll, go ahead and then we'll get into it in the 1600. I think that what we've seen from Gretchen Farley this spring makes me really confident in her ability to run two laps harder than anybody else in the state. And this is and all that she's in. This is it. This is it's over. She has done a phenomenal amount of work this spring, uh, whether it's she'd 16, 8, 32, the HSR series in the finals in which she ran, uh, she and her teammate, Sophia Kennedy ran four events and they were very challenging. Uh, I think Gretchen Farley will walk away the champion here in the 800. Um, Sutherland. You don't just think it, you're guaranteeing it. You're locking it in. I'm going to lock it in. I guarantee it. And I think that Sutherland, while, uh, Pushing Gretchen Farley toward the line will come up just a little bit short, but she'll have her 1600 uh, state title to celebrate and a runner up in the 800 and then could look at coming back the next year and defending the 1600 and picking up the 800 and walking away even more excited about that. So or doing uh, the 3200 as a senior because she won it as a sophomore. Yeah. So there's there's that opportunity as well. So I just. I think everything that I've seen or heard for those who are on the ground watching Gretchen Farley compete, that it's she's going to win the 800. Okay, let's get into the 1600 then. Nikki Sutherland, best time this season. She ran 447 in the sectional round. She ran 450.97, so just under 451 in the regional round. She's got a six-second or more advantage over her nearest competitor based on regional times, and that was Julia Score from Chittard, who was a freshman. I Have you been a little surprised at how maybe the competition has scattered here in the, uh, in the 1600? So Sutherland, 447. Kennedy's run 447. Farley's yeah. run 448. Canabo's run 453. 
Lily Myers, who is in this race, has run 454, but she'll be in the uh, four by eight beforehand. Yeah. So this this seems like a relatively easy win here for Sutherland. It seems that way. It's not surprising that Farley and Kennedy, two teammates, have opted to essentially avoid one another because they both have individual state title aspirations so it seems right based off their path and, and potentially state meet record and even state record performances yeah because they're both really close so it makes sense that they are kind of avoiding one another um it sutherland again seems to be like she's going to to walk away with it but um uh, the fact that Canabo's team isn't exactly in the title hunt, but they could get four girls who win the four by eight. Like she adds another element there. It's probably like, it's a, it's a stretch. It's not a guarantee. Right. But like it, it could happen. I can see that going down and then she could come back in the 3,200. And I don't know if she's she not going to win, but she gets, she could be second. She could be second. I mean, Kennedy did run 10 flat last week. Kennedy's going to, yeah, we'll get into it, but Kennedy's going to win the third show. She's going to win. Yeah. Um, it it does feel like it's thinned out the past couple of weeks, but I think you try to make it, as a coach, you try to make an educated guess about what is the best path for your kid, um, especially if it's going to be pretty close and you don't exactly know what others are going to do for the most part. And if you're in one of the more competitive sectionals or regionals, then you only have an option to, to you know, hey, we're just going to show up and run this event and we know that we can make it through easily and then we'll go from there. But um, anyway, I I think it's Nikki Sutherland who will win. I'm curious. I think the race for second is going to be very fun to watch, but Sutherland will run away from the field Uh if not by the third lap, certainly uh, shortly after, and it'll be all done. 3,200. Kennedy, 10 flat in the regional round. That's the best time this season. It's the best time by 12 seconds, and she was 30 seconds ahead of the field in the regional round. Ready to lock that in? Yes, lock it cool. down. Done. Keep it moving. 100 hurdles. Rachel Maringer. she's a state record holder. She ran 13.75 in the regional round. And uh, she ran 1367 uh, in the regional round as well, but it was in the prelims. Are we locking that in. Yes, lock it down. She's my number one pick uh, like four times. <laughs> well, Kai Crook was your number one pick. Well, yeah, uh, Richard Berger was like your number two and four and 30. And yeah, uh, I think one thing to keep an eye on here Dee Dee Eberly from Bloomington North, she did second. I, you know, I don't think that uh, Bloomington North is going to win, but they, if, if they do, it's because Eberly maybe takes care of business, finishes second in the hundreds and uh, scores in the three hundreds as well. And then the other teams trip up in front of her uh, 300 hurdles, Layla Smith, 43, 10 at the regional best mark this season. And, uh, one more than a second ahead of the field. Are you, are you willing to lock that in? Yes. Lock her in. Click. All right. Relays. Girls four by one. Same as the top seed in the boys race. Brownsburg, 47-32. That was at the Lafayette Jeff Regional. We've talked about how that track surface 
is uh, very conducive to fast times, especially in the sprints. 47-33, so Brownsburg, 47-32. Fishers, 47-33. But Taylor, you know what I heard? What is it? Closer than it sounds. All right, there we go. Warren Central, 47-60 at their regional. Carmel, 47-71 at its regional. Bishop Chatard, 47-98, so five teams under 48 seconds at the regional round. Uh, what do you think of the four by one? It's pretty close. Yeah, it is. It's very close. Um, obviously, I I can't predict the Brownsburg Fisher situation. Uh, Warren again, another team in the in the title hunt with Carmel here. Um, it it will be it'll be really fun to see. Uh, but it is just a total toss up. Who knows? Plus, it's a difficult event anyway, right? You got to get the stick around the track and it's an unfamiliar territory and it's always, always uh, dicey regardless. So that's, what's interesting is, you know, the top two teams, most likely Carmel Warren, I mean, Noblesville could get in there, but two of the top three teams at least. And they're right next to each other, but that's probably not, you know, if one finishes third and the other one finishes fourth or it flips, that's probably not going to decide the team race. What could decide the team race is you've got one of the three best four by ones and you don't score at all. You, the stick doesn't make it around the track or whatever. Yeah. That's a problem. That's a problem. Right. Then, then you start opening the door for other teams. Absolutely. Four by four, Carmel, 351.26. That's the best time this year. And they ran that in the regional. Valpo ran 356 in its regional. HSE ran 356 in its regional. And East Central has run 355. Uh, Carmel's got two girls in the fast heat of the open 400, the number one seed in the 200, uh, a top four by one as well, which is some of the same or most of the same girls. Uh, you ready? Yeah, click. Lock this down. Click. That's going to be a win there for Carmel to end the meet. The question is, do they need those 10 points to win? Can Warren have enough of a buffer before the 4x4? Warren's uh, relay is also in the fast heat. Can they score enough? Noblesville in the middle section, do they need some points maybe to pull it off? We'll find out. Here, I think, and we've got five minutes to go so we could spend a little bit of time on this because it's our last event four by eight carmel nine twelve at the regional round that was a regional record and that is the number one time this year columbus north ran nine thirteen in its regional round uh both teams essentially by themselves after the first leg noblesville nine eighteen Homestead 921, Bloomington South 921, Valpo 922. Um, other than Valpo, who ran 919 earlier in the year, and Bloomington South ran 915 earlier in the year, the other three teams, those were the best, the other four teams, rather, those were their best times this season. Uh, well, what's what do you think is going to happen? Oh, man. Well, it's this one's difficult to predict in that Columbus North has looked really good here recently. Um, so we haven't seen a lot of them. We as in me or, or you in person. Um, so it, they, they look on paper to be very, very strong and could push Carmel Noblesville. We have seen a lot of, and there's all kinds of talent on the Noblesville team, 
that hasn't necessarily competed the level that we may have predicted going in, but aren't worthy of being discounted because they they're so strong. I mean, they're, they're so good. They could very well pull together and win. Um, they are the cross country state champions and they, okay. Uh, so here, here's an interesting question on nobles. Yeah. We don't know. We're just speculating. Noblesville has an athlete that made the 1600 Noblesville is in the team race. Noblesville's athlete, Paige Hazelrick, a senior ran five flat in the regional. She seated seventh in the 1600. Yeah. Last year, Noblesville waited till the state meet pulled her into the four by eight. Do they do that again? My thought is yes, because I like more guaranteed big points at the state meet because seventh isn't necessarily a lock. It's very close. Go back and look at those where she's seated. It's very close. So I, I'm not sure that even fresh she'll necessarily score. She's got a good shot, but there's, it's not a lock by any means. So I kind of like the idea that she runs the relay and can, can they can be up there with Carmel Columbus North. And I think Valpo who is a little bit further down on this list at sixth, but they uh, are, you know, again, they had run uh, some of the best times throughout the year. So um, I would say, yeah, put, put her in the relay and then so say luck after five, five flat for 1600 is what on a four by eight split in general to 17 maybe okay. so noblesville had a 223 at yeah. the regional you take out a 223 and put in a 217 that saves six seconds they are six seconds behind carmel and five seconds behind columbus north they're right there so i i think carmel could win i think columbus north could win i think noblesville could get in it and what gives me Optimism about Noblesville's chances would be that they've got the best anchor. I think Bloomington South could win because they've got two stars and I think Valpo could win. And I guess maybe, maybe I think that cause they did it last year, but their distance program's got a lot of depth. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk they to me? They don't have an absolute star, right? Last year they had Kaylee Plitzer, right, who was right. an absolute star. And then you, okay. You knew what you had. They don't have that, but they have a lot more depth and they're, they have about six or seven girls who are all right around that, like, you know, 218 to 220 mark that could anyone, anyone of them could pop yeah. off. Right? I feel like with Valpo, potentially I'm oversimplifying it and be like, this is what I saw last year at this meet. But I, you know, Don Quixote, shout out to Don Quixote, the novel. Like, don't look for last year's, don't look for this year's bird and last year's nest. But man, they just, what sticks in my memory is how well those girls closed. Yeah. Uh, the first three legs, you know, before they got to their star, how well they closed over the last 150, 200 meters. And that makes me think they do have a legitimate chance, but they're going to need a lead because they do not have a 210 like those other yeah. teams. Yep. And uh, how does this factor into the team race? Well, we'll get to that after the break. Three Rivers Running Company is proud to bring you the Appleseeds Youth Running Program. Our summer running program is a welcoming environment for kids going into kindergarten through eighth grade to engage in the sport of running. Join us this summer at Shove Park on Monday and Wednesday evenings. Our practices are a mix of education, running, and games. Head over to runsignup.com to sign up today. Reach out to Lynn 
at threeriversrunning.com with any questions. That's L-Y-N-N at the number three riversrunning.com. And we're back. Okay. We've gone through the girls event by event. We've also done the boys event by event and the boys team preview. Let's get into the girls team preview. You've crunched all the numbers and uh, you've come up with what might happen, but you know, probably won't. Yeah. Everything is, you know, as it is until it isn't. So Brownsburg, the team projected fifth in my mock meet again, based off regional performance only the performance list going into the state meet. That's 28 and a half points. Brownsburg scoring eight in the 200, 10 in the four by one, five and a half in the pole vault and five in the long jump. Uh, Brownsburg's a team that has a little bit of extra credit opportunity here, Colin, because they have two just outside. I mean, just outside of scoring position in the hundred. Uh, so if they both make the finals, that would be really helpful for them. And then there's a uh, one in the 300 hurdles who could also help Brownsburg out quite a bit. So um, not going to, even if those things happen, they're not necessarily going to make their way into the title hunt, but they could solidify themselves as an easy top five team at the state. If those things work out for them. I think Brownsburg is a good example of, it's just hard to rely on one kid a lot. Yeah. And they've got one incredible athlete but it's just hard to ask that much of one kid in a state of 8 million people. Yeah. The projected fourth team in the mock meet with 38 and a half points, Bloomington North. Bloomington, oh, yeah? Yeah, scoring seven in the 800, eight in the 100 hurdles, one in the 300 hurdles, uh, two and a half in the pole vault and a grand total of 20. That's 10 and 10 in the shot put and discus. Uh, that's uh, Hadley Lucas right there delivering. Bloomington North has some extra credit chances and the four by one, the four by four, the pole vault. And in addition to their one vaulter who's a CD score and the long jump. So, a little bit of uh, extra opportunity there, but I know we've talked a lot about the Cougars and you know how much I love Cougars, Colin. You've I, got the shirt to prove it or will very soon. I, God, I cannot wait to put that thing on. I uh, think that this is uh, almost sort of a, the best case scenario, right? I mean, you know, we talked about maybe how Hadley Lucas isn't necessarily a lock in both of her events, uh, but they really need that in the projection. And then, you know, you're asking uh, a girl to come back for maybe a relay onto an open event later on and a distance side. So it just, it feels like they would need a lot of extra help. Uh, what's both what's the total again? 38 and a half points. I mean, what, what they would need is, you know, Summers Glen to finish third. She's not going to finish in the top two. Could she finish third? I think that's what she's seated at, right? Yeah. She's seated score seven. Yeah. Third. Eberly is not going to win the 100 hurdles. 
But she could be second. Could she be second, which is what she seeded at? Yeah. And then could she grab a few extra points in the three hundreds and get them to forty? And then just kind of wait for some of the other teams to lose a lot of their potential points, which are more at risk yeah. in those events for the top two. Yeah. Or or the, the top three. It yeah. feels to me that actually, strangely enough, Noblesville's points, even though they're the third team, well, stay tuned. But those are maybe less at risk than the top two teams, but the top two teams obviously have a higher ceiling. They do. And you don't have to stay tuned too much longer because as Colin said, Noblesville is the third team in this projection uh, mock meet. Uh, Bloomington North 38, Noblesville has... 38 and a half for Bloomington North. 40.9 is what I came up with, and that's obviously splitting... Some Did you say 30 high. and a half for Bloomington North? 38. 38 30. and a half. So that that there is pretty close. It is close. Yeah. And like you said, the um some of the field event points, you know, I kind of broke them down as straight up ties, but obviously they won't, no one's going to score 0. 0.4 points or whatever in the high jump. So, you know, that's highly unlikely. So it could close a little bit more. So Noblesville, then the Millers, the uh, six in the 800, three in the 1600, seven in the four by eight, 11.4. So obviously we're scoring two here in the high jump, uh, five and a half in the pole vault, one in shot, and then seven points in discus for a grand total of just under 41 points. Um, Noblesville also has a girl who's right outside of scoring position in the 800 and Brinkley Cooper. Um, could she, you know, find her way to a couple points? She's in the fast heat. She is in the fast heat. She's a very talented athlete. There's a good chance that, you know, she might find a way to make that happen. Their four by four is also right outside of scoring and will feature many of the same girls. I think at that point, it's just a little bit more of a stretch because most of them are going to win their second or third. If they're, they're not, the they're not going to, they're not going to score in the four by four. Well, don't tell the extra credit people that, but there is an opportunity that's, here. That's the same thing I tell the extra credit people when they say it in my class. They're not happening. Um, so anyway, that they're they're right there. Um, I think the real extra credit opportunity is in the shot because. Yeah. We're not classifying that as extra credit because she is scoring, but it's one. But she might get second. Yeah, she's going to finish better than ninth. She is in the shot. So yeah. that's the place for Noblesville to make up some of those points. In the eight hundred, it's six points, fourth place. That's that seems right. She might be third. She might be fourth. Maybe somebody runs incredible and she finishes fifth. She's not finishing outside of scoring. Uh, four by eight, they were third. I think they'll be third, second, third, fourth. Um, disc, I, that that seems pretty secure there. I think it was second, uh, eight points. Third. Yeah, seven. Third. So, I, yeah, I think she'll be in the top. I think she won't win, but I think she'll be in the top three. Yeah, yeah. maybe falls a little bit to fourth or fifth, but that, that seems relatively even there. Um, they're kind of hoping the top two teams mess up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, Hazel Rigg was seventh in the 1600. I think what's more likely than seventh in the 1600 
is that she runs the four by eight and that they move up in that. Yeah. And that that might be their best bet. There and and potentially she moves up. They maybe she still scores in 1600. I, I don't know. But more likely they sub her in. She moves them up in the four by eight. They they give up those three points, which aren't even three points, right? It's just an Excel spreadsheet that says three for whatever you ran at the regional. And that bumps Carmel back. And maybe that's helpful to, to Noblesville. Obviously, we kind of hope one way or the other um, yeah. based on our employment. But Yeah. Uh, the projected runner-up with 46 points, Warren Central. So the Warriors. So Warren 46, Noblesville 40 or thereabouts, 41. Yeah. Bloomington North 38. Yeah. So a point and the 100 for Warren, five and the 100 hurdles, 10 in the 300s. Click. Yep. Seven in the four by one, six in the four by four, and 17 big ones in the long jump for a grand total of 46 points um a little bit a little bit of extra credit warren has uh, a second athlete in the 100 hurdles and she is just right outside of the scoring position so she's like 10th or 11th right yep so she could uh, absolutely make the final and score and push them uh, a little bit closer to our projected champion uh again would need a little bit of help there but um, that would at least solidify a trophy for them They've got some extra credit, but they've got a lot at risk. Yeah. On those. You're asking a lot out of just a couple girls again, you know, like they have a, a, between the relay or whatever, but you need Layla Smith to run really well. You need Jyla Vaden to really deliver. Like you, you need that. But I also think that there's a chance that Vaden could be in the top five in the hundred. She's not, I mean, she's scoring one in this mock meet. So yeah. if she doesn't make the prelims, it, it doesn't necessarily make or break their chances. At that point, if she doesn't make the final in the 100, if she doesn't advance out of the prelims, it, Carmel kind of controls its destiny. But if she does make it, and now we're looking at, you know, potentially six, seven extra points coming in there, I, I think that's their opportunity. The prelims are going to be big for Warren in the hundred and in the hundred hurdles. So if Layla Smith and their second athlete get through in the hundred hurdles, um, things start to get real for Warren. And we've, we've seen, we've, this is like back to the future too, for me, we've seen this movie a lot. We know what's coming up. Yeah. We've seen Warren find their way to navigate through the prelims and get them into the right positions. And, you know, it's kind of, of folklore of the cathedral when they won two years ago. Right. And they just, they didn't have a ton of girls there. They took an activity bus and they brought five girls and they ran and they all did well and they won. They only scored 39 points and they won and they won by one point. Do you remember who finished second at that meet? Was it, uh, Second, what year is it again? I don't know. It's the year we called it after the COVID year, so 2021. 
uh cathedral won and then warren was second warren was second and warren yeah. was not expected to score that many points either at that mean i i, I yeah. don't believe we kind of thought northrop would want to run away with it and they yeah didn't. yeah and right. warren just found ways to they were just a point factory and they were just manufacturing wow. these points and they've got a long long history of this and they've got a good coaching staff centered around a family and guess what the best kid on their team is the daughter of the coaches on the yeah. team. Yeah. So I, I like, I don't know that they're the favorite. I don't know that Carmel's the favorite. Maybe it's co-favorites, but I like Warren's chances to go there and get it done at the meet because those coaches have shown over the course of, of many moons here, many state meets, many years, to get the kids ready for the state meet and to help them to navigate all of those events. And yeah, there are two girls that they're expecting a lot out of, but I, it seems like they're ready for that. Yeah. And you mentioned the other team, uh, Carmel, our projected state champions in this mock meet with 59 points for the Greyhounds. So Carmel 59, Warren was what again? 46. That's a decent gap. That is. Carmel scoring eight in the 100, 10 in the 200, nine in the 400, six in the 1600, six in the four by one, 10 in the four by four, and 10 in the four by eight for a grand total of 59 points. Extra credit opportunities for the Hounds include one girl. And Audrey Ricketts, who is right outside of the scoring position in the 800, and Gabby Grande Roses, who will be in the long jump, who is also right outside of scoring position. So one in the 800 and one in the long jump. Let's say you. So we're not going to take sides on this one because that would be unprofessional. Um, although <laughs> it's not a profession, we kind of do this for free. Um, if, if you don't want Carmel to win, which I can't imagine, oh my gosh, who, who would you even be? <laughs> yes. I guess what you're saying, I guess if, if we're playing devil's advocate here, which is putting us in a tough position, you're saying this, the ceiling is the roof. I wish you nothing but the best. The ceiling is the roof. And there Carmel's not moving much higher in these events. So right. you listed a lot of like 10 and a lot of those were on relays. Well, it can't get any higher than that. Yeah. We said that four by four, lock it in, lock it in, throw away the key, throw it down the sewer. It's fine. It's fine. Carmel's getting 10 in the four by four. Carmel's going to win the four by four because yes. they got two of the 10 best girls in the 400 and the best girl in the 200, uh, where I come from on these streets, that means winning the four by four. Yeah. The four by eight, Carmel could win that. Carmel could absolutely win that. Carmel could also finish fourth, fifth, or sixth because it's a it's a good year for that. Um, you know, they they potentially have a sub to make, but that's an interesting decision. We won't get into that. But one of the questions is you you've got someone that's Seated high in the 1600, you could solidify or cement your status. 
in the four by eight, not even cemented, but, but maybe just make it a little more certain by making a substitution there. But by doing that, you're, you're probably giving up points in the 1600. Yeah. How, how certain, how good do you feel about those 1600 points? I, I don't know. I don't know. And if I did, I wouldn't say it right now. Um, What'd you say the total was? Something in the 50s, 56? 59. 59. To... I, I don't I don't think we're getting we being Carmel. I don't I don't think Carmel's getting to 59 points, but I don't necessarily think that the winner will need to be 59 points. Could the winner just crack 50 and that be enough? I think 50 gets it done. Regardless. I think 50 gets it done. I think on the boys' side, it's a little bit different. Yeah. Because those teams, for instance, on the boys' side, I feel I feel like Carmel's got a good chance to get to 50. But I don't know that that's going to – I don't know that that's, that's taking home the bigger trophy. On the girls' side, I don't know that Carmel gets to 50. But I also – I'm not sure that, that that matters because Warren's 46 is 17 in the long jump. And that's yeah. just a – that's, that's, a just, a, that's just a risky – that's just a risky proposition. They could be 1-2. They could be six and nothing. Yeah. Six being sixth place. It could be four points instead of 17 or 18. Um, if you're Carmel, you got to feel really good after you see it. Because that's going to be early. You're going to see that early on. Because both of those girls. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're going down there and checking, I don't know. You know I well, don't know I would. Doing that. I would, you know, what kind of head coach goes down there and does that? I don't know. But, um, like. The four by eight and the four by four, it's not getting any higher than that. The four by one, I mean, Carmel could sweep the four real the three relays. They could. Um, you know, that's that's under 50%, right? Yeah. I feel and, really good about the four by four and the four by eight. And in the hundred and two hundred, it was fifty no, it was eighteen combined between those two. Yeah. And the odds of it being eighteen are well under fifty percent. Yeah. You know, I think if we ran a thousand simulations or twenty thousand simulations or whatever, what do you think the average for Carmel would be in the hundred and two hundred if you ran that many simulations? Uh fourteen points. Okay, I was gonna say ten and a half. Yeah, I, I like Norris and the two hundred a lot. I'm more skeptical on Norris and the hundred. I think the hard the hard part about the two hundred is the cumulative effect for her because yeah. that's gonna be Two races, two prelim races, the 100 and the 4 by one So the 200, which is probably her best event, is her yeah. fifth race of the night. And yeah. the high on, on Saturday is, is 90 degrees. And we've talked about this on some of the different boys, you know, Nair Nuash Campbell or Dominic Calhoun. And it'll be the same thing on the girls' side. There will be Alexia Smith, what, um, some of these other girls who will be in multiple events and multiple races. And that's just tough. And I, yeah. I don't know... I don't know a good way to necessarily prepare for that, but their sprint races are not distance races. Yeah, it is very different. And I think there's nothing you can really do to prepare for it, honestly, because you're just, everybody's beholden the same condition. So you just have to maybe get outside in the afternoon when that's when the meet takes place. And yeah. And I'm sure every, every team, they do. Everybody We're not that. giving the keys to the castle here, right? Yeah. Like every team right. is doing that on Wednesday, Thursday, or girls teams on Friday to be like, we are meeting at three 
it right. will be warm at three in Indiana right. and you can kind of acclimate yourself to what the conditions are going to be like, but also we're not going to be doing all that much. Like, yeah, we'll be out there and we'll be doing stuff, but we're not going to, we can't simulate that three or four days before the state meet because that would be ill-advised. Yeah. So I, I think, I think both meets are, are similar. I think, I think they'll be, they'll be close, but both the boys and the girls meets are, are going to be close in, in different ways. Yeah. But we do feel good that both the girls, let's start with the, let's, because this is the girls podcast. The, the girls is basically a three team race that are semi tiered and that there's one team that's projected to have a comfortable finish, but their points are a little bit tenuous. And then there's a team that has some more upside, but they are projected to be the runner up. And then there's a third team that could get into it. If things sort of happen because they have, some not extra credit, as you said, but some chance to move up. They have some security. Already seated. Okay, security, that's a good way to put it. So the girls is basically a three-team Noblesville, Warren, Carmel meet. And and then the boys is three, but maybe four teams, but uh, in the terms of walking away the trophy, but there's probably just two teams that could probably win it. In Brownsburg and Carmel. And the two teams seem more even on the boys' side. Yeah. But I that has evened up a little bit more the past week or so, right? I mean, I feel like I think I said Brownsburg controls its own destiny on the boys' side based on their depth. Yeah. Carmel girls winning the mock meet by a similar or even larger margin, especially percentage-wise, over Warren based on performance lists. But I'm not sure, just, just going through the numbers and trying to be analytical about it, like I'm not sure that Warren or that Carmel controls its own destiny in the way that Brownsburg boys do. I don't think yeah. the Carmel girls control their destiny the way the Brownsburg boys do. That, I think, I think it's, I think it's more, it's more heads up on that side. I, I think in a lot of events, and again, this is, this is putting us in an awkward position because we know these kids from Carmel and we teach at their high school and like, we we've worked with them but i think carmel's hold on some of these events where it's like six seven or eight points is much much more likely to be two one or nothing and warren's hold on some of these events where it's five or eight or 17 is only more likely to be lower because of the nature of the event and not the athlete themselves. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That it's in the, in the 1600, 
in the four by eight where Carmel has potentially a lot of points, even in the, in the hundred where Carmel has a lot of points, potentially it's just so much closer this year. Whereas for Warren, it's not as close this year in the long jump. It's just because the long jump is a weird event, man. Yeah. Yeah. I think the girls from an outsider's perspective, I think the girls race is so much, the girls team race is so much more interesting than the boys race. But I am personally, obviously more invested in the boys race. Right. Very fair. Well, we will see both races take place next week, Friday for the boys, Saturday for the girls at Indiana university, beautiful Bloomington, Indiana. And we'll be on the call on Saturday and you'll be on the call on Friday. Yeah. If you want to hear, Hey, I like these two dudes. We're going to hear more of their fun banter and excitement. Well, listen to it. Or I don't like them, but I'll buy it anyways and mute it because I'll have those races forever to watch. You know what? That's fine. That's okay. My feelings won't be hurt. You won't even know. I will will have no clue unless someone tells me, Hey, Hey, Marshall, I muted you, you idiot. Oh, thanks, man. Appreciate it. No, you. no, do not come up and tell us that. Write it on the back of a $50 bill and hand it to us yeah. at the meet, which would be hard away. to find us because they've got security up there in the press box. Knock, knock on the door to the booth. Yeah. Hey, can I come in the press box yeah. real quick? Then, yeah. If you knock on the door to the press box, you better be holding up the $50 bill to let us Smack know. Smack it on the window. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Well, I, I can't wait. I, I meant to say this on the boys one and I didn't because um, we kind of ran out of time. We got a little more time on, on this one. I've, I've been thinking about this this whole week and last week leading up to the regional. It's so funny how, you, and you, you know exactly how I feel. I don't have to ask if you understand this. It's, the most important thing it's the most pressing thing it's the thing that's weighing on your mind constantly for a long period of time that as soon as the event is over the next day the next morning when you wake up is not meaningful at all yeah i'm trying to like remind myself of that that of course this is important it's important to the kids it's important to me it's it's this event that happens but when by the time we wake up on on Sunday morning and as we get into Monday and it's the summer and it's cross country starting and all that, it suddenly becomes it goes from being the most important thing that it could ever be to within 24, 36, 48 hours. It's not important. Yeah. Very interesting. It's good perspective to have because whether you're a coach or an athlete or a parent, it's a uh it's, it's 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 one day in the life, right? Like as much as we want certain outcomes, whether that's a team title or you know your daughter or son to perform really well or your relay or you know whatever, like it's you know it's important to remember that it is one day in a long life uh, and isn't necessarily representative of who you are as a person. It's the journey, not the destination. Yeah, exactly. It's a journey. But some of us, many of us, have a very specific destination <laughs> or multiple destinations that we will have, have to see like to get to on Friday or Saturday. 
minutes. We just want to get there. Why is the traffic backed up? I just, I'm just trying to get there. You know what? I'll see you on Friday and Saturday, and I hope I see you. Hope I see you. Destination that we prefer. Yeah, I agree. Thanks, man. Appreciate you. Hey, I appreciate you. I'll see you tomorrow, probably, because that's how things work. All right, go hounds. No ceilings. Oh, <laughs> oh,